It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What's going on? I'm John Hansen. Welcome to another edition of Hansen's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. Recording this Wednesday night, heading into week number 11. Recording too late, per usual, but a little bit of a potpourri of content here. Um, we do call this Hansen's Hints, so I like to, well, give out some hints. We'll start with Thursday Night Football. Hopefully you're getting this podcast before the game, but there's actually a number of props that I like for this one here. Uh, we can start with the wide receiver, uh, Cincinnati at Baltimore, obviously Thursday night football kicking off week number 11. Props have been pretty tough uh, for yours truly lately. I am still at like, I think, 57% for my top five props on Sunday. But, man, uh, it has been a rough three weeks. Um, was doing pretty well on Thursday nights. I uh, definitely have a winning record on Thursday nights uh, for the season and over the last four or five weeks. But the last, I think, well, last week was not great. I think I went one and two last week. Yeah, so we'll try to redeem ourselves with this one. Um, now, this is on points bet. Trenton Irwin over 30.5 yards. It's a little higher on DraftKings, actually. I think it's significantly higher, like 35 yards. But I would still go with it. Uh, T. Higgins will not play in this football game. And very quietly, man, Trenton Irwin has been a thing for Joe Burrow. He has 13-plus fantasy points in four of his five games in which he's played more than half the snaps dating back to last year and T Higgins who he's basically going to be playing for uh did a lot in this matchup earlier in the year eight grabs for 89 and two touchdowns is certainly the Ravens are worried about Mr. Jamar Chase who did not do very well uh in this matchup earlier this year five grabs for 31 on eight targets course Joe Burrow was not healthy but no Marlon Humphrey is pretty big they play a lot of man Joe Burrow is aggressive against man they've been playing man at a, like a top 12 clip over the last four or five weeks or the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, Ravens and Bengals on the season are a little bit man heavy but they're both trending a little bit more zone heavy but um, I, I do think we get a, a good matchup here most likely for T for uh, Trenton Irwin so I like that over 35.5. I think that is on uh, DraftKings here. Uh, I'm looking at our prop tool, and I need to scroll to the next page. I see FanDuel here. Here we go. FanDuel, 32.5. That That's a good one. Um, we've got it at 44, so I do like that one. I actually also like Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, over 25.5. I do think he's starting to heat up a little bit, and – Bateman's not doing all that much. I mean, this is pretty good here. We, we should get some pointage in this one, 25.5. He's getting some downfield throws. Um, they're actually uh, Cincinnati playing a little bit more zone, which I actually think is fine for Odell. He's pretty good at finding those soft spots. So I could see a 20-yard grab and maybe even getting this on one or two catches. Then the other one that I liked 
was Mr. Mark Andrews, a.k.a. Mandrews. Obviously, he remains Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. Lamar struggling just a little bit. This is a big game, and the matchup's fantastic. The Cincinnati Bengals have been absolutely bad uh, and very giving against tight ends. So over 4.5 grabs for Mark Andrews. Uh, He is averaging in his last two games in the matchup, one this year, 6.5 receptions. Let's move on to another topic here. I had an email uh my, my guy, Jeff Schaefer, sent me a text actually today. Shout out to him. He is basically Larry David's right-hand man on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He writes uh, all the episodes with Larry and, and of course, directs them. And, of course, the fantasy uh, world knows him from the league on FXX. Him and his wife, Jackie, created the show, wrote, directed, produced it all. Anyway, he was asking about playoff streaming defenses and i'm like man that that is an exercise in futility but let me go ahead and take a look because i know it it is valuable like this is something i used to do regularly every year but it's it's become such a farcical activity that i have uh not not as been not been as into it i guess um but i did go ahead and i looked hard at the schedule to find some good defenses to maybe plan ahead and line up now I will say in um, an FFPC league, well, two of them I'm in, I, I happened to notice last week that Miami's schedule was like, wow, uh, like short term. The next four weeks was really good. So I went ahead and picked them up uh, in those two leagues. I actually ended up in one league, a dynasty trading the Browns defense because I have zero running backs available, like literally nothing. Uh, so I traded the Browns D, believe it or not, for Gus Edwards, which – not a bad pickup for I'm, – I'm trying to win it now. Anyway, I picked up Miami. Here, Here's our next four games. At the Jets, at D.C., Tennessee, home, and then the Jets again at home. That That is no offense to Sammy Howell, not to group him in there with Will Levis and Zach Wilson, but that's a pretty damn good run. And then they're also looking good in week 15. So here's the teams that I have with the best schedules – I think you have to go week to week with it. You know, back in the day, I could come up with two or three defenses that had, you know, very favorable matchups during the fantasy playoff weeks. Well, again, that's pretty hard. I did find a couple, though. Uh, week 15, the four defenses I like that are probably available. I did have Cleveland there. They may not be available uh, after last week. Cleveland at Chicago or against Chicago. Also, Miami against the Jets in that one matchup. Uh, Houston at Tennessee. Houston's D is coming on, man. I mean, they got uh, Stingley back now, Derek Stingley, the corner. This is the most well-coached team in football, I believe, the Houston Texans, because it obviously they're well-coached offensively, and the defense is, is very respectable, and they're getting better. Then the New Orleans Saints in Week 15, that's a good one to have around. Could be Tyrod Taylor by then, but certainly still a decent matchup. Tyrod, though, is, is pretty good in terms of mobility, uh, but overall, Good matchup. Giant O-line is in shambles still. Week 16, I came up with, well, the Jets again um, against D.C. Now, Sam Howell's getting rid of the ball lately, not taking any sacks, but I still think that's a pretty good matchup. Eagles-Giants. Eagles are kind of all over the map this year. Um, Seattle at Tennessee. And then... I mentioned Jets at D.C. Well, how about D.C. at Jets <laughs> if you uh, are, are that desperate? And then the uh, the Colts 
who are somehow a top five defense. I mean, does anyone care about the Colts D? They're top five. That's how bad defenses are this year. They're at Atlanta uh, for week 16. And then week 17, Indy again with a, a good matchup overall, I'd have to say, against Kevin O'Connell on the Raiders. Vikings at Packers, I think, um, by then uh, we'll get – you know, we'll be rolling in Minnesota for the playoffs, and I think we'll we'll be even better defensively. So we'll get after uh, Jordan Love in that one. Uh, the Jets and the Browns, of course, we're looking at DTR uh, starting for the Cleveland Browns over P.J. Walker, and he is certainly raw. And then Niners, they may have been dropped against D.C. Now, while I'm talking about the fantasy playoffs and all that, I also compiled a quick list of my top 10 handcuffs. Uh, these are the top 10 players that I, I would like to have, uh, ideally, as protection if I rostered you know, the dude playing ahead of them. Now, again, much like the fantasy defenses, the old handcuff, it's not what it used to be, way too many committees. I tried to avoid all committees and avoid all situations where there really isn't a handcuff. Some situations like in... Arizona, I don't even care at this point who the handcuff is. I, I, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, although it looks like Amari DiMarcato is going to return in week 11. But now you've got, you know, they just signed somebody whose name is who's escaping me right now. But uh, that it's not a productive running game. It has not been productive, really. DiMarcato had a couple of moments there. Um, oh, Michael Carter. That's right. That was today. Michael Carter. I mean, he's pretty decent. He he could factor into this backfield, so forget it. I don't want that. But here are my top 10 running back handcuffs that I'm ideally grabbing here as protection for, again, the dudes playing in front of them. Number 10, it's not a great one here because it's a little bit of a committee, but I was between a couple of guys who were very similar. I'll put Samaje P. Ryan on the list only because, you know, he's going to have solid value if Javante Williams goes down, and he's probably been cut in a lot of leagues. He is still kind of the hurry up back and Javante gets certainly gets work in the passing game. He did this past week, but if they're down two touchdowns, I, I do in fact think it's Samaj P Ron time because, you know, pretty good receiver, very good in pass protection number nine. And I don't feel great about it, but it is a somewhat rare situation in that if the starter goes down, this guy is going to get a real opportunity for, I don't even want to go 20-plus touches, but 15 to 20, and that is Zamir White for the Las Vegas Raiders. He has done absolutely nothing. You know, it's just like they they only give him like two carries a game. It's all Josh Jacobs. But, you know, if Josh Jacobs goes down, they're in trouble. They are conditioned now to lean heavily on the running attack. And Zamir White is a volume type of guy, like, we we don't have a real picture for what he's capable of because he's never gotten the ball in the NFL. But in theory, he's a guy that you commit to, you pound the rock with him, and then he's got good long speed. He could rip off a long run. Number eight, if I had Brian Robinson, certainly Antonio Gibson is a handcuff of sorts, but he's probably rostered as he holds a standalone value. Uh, that would be Chris Rodriguez, the rookie out of Kentucky now, he was hurt a little bit. He was deactivated or two weeks ago. Like there might be something weird going on there with him, but he's actually a friend of the site here at fantasypoints.com. We had him on our podcast in the summer. 
And he's actually shown pretty well uh, in very limited uh, touches. So there might be something going on there. But but again, he's on the active roster right now as their third back. So if I did have uh, Brian Robinson, I would ideally wouldn't mind it if, if, you know, you're in a league where people are scarfing up viable running backs. You, you, you do want to protect yourself. And Rodriguez is a pretty good example of that. Like nobody cares about him right now, but they could if Robinson gets hurt. Elijah Mitchell checks in at number seven. Now, I know that that's still a little bit of a fluid situation. That might even be a week-to-week matchup-based situation between him and Jordan Mason, but you got to make a call. I'm still going Mitchell. I I, I mean, Mason might actually be second on the depth chart technically right now, but I think that uh, Mitchell does more of the things that McCaffrey does, and Mason is a little limited, although he is come a long way mason's kind of a no-nonsense downhill runner whereas i think uh mitchell's a little bit better fit for you know you know the scheme and you know outside runnings and all that so i'm gonna go mitchell over mason uh number six is zeke elliott who's available in like 70 percent of leagues i thought he looked really good last week and he's looked good all year now it's a horrible situation but you know, if Ramondre goes down, Zeke's getting 20 opportunities, no question about it. Number five, Mr. Kenny Gainwell, Mr. Buzzkill, Mr. Underwhelming, but, you know, less underwhelming than Rashad Penny, who is the third back in line here. So if DeAndre Swift went down, then we, we would have to assume that Kenny Gainwell had RB2 potential in this great situation. Uh, Jalen Hurts not running quite as much these days. Uh, they also still do have uh, Boston Scott as well, and he'd be well in that mix, maybe even above uh, Rashad Penny, probably above Rashad Penny. Number four, this guy's pretty intriguing, Kendra Miller of the New Orleans Saints. Now, he might not be a great slam dunk handcuff because of Jamal Williams who'd get short yardage and goal line work most likely but you know Kendra Mill is a pretty big guy as well and it's been a little all over the map but I've seen enough flashes here he's had a couple of plays like a 31 yard catch in week one Um, you know he had a decent showing uh, running the ball Uh, well that was way back now uh back in late September, nine for 34, but he's had a couple of moments Four catch for 53 performance in early October. Look, he's been hurt, uh, but you know, he is back and he's a pretty good handcuff there. I think for Alvin Kamara, I mean, maybe you go Jamal Williams if he's available, but I kind of like Kendra Miller, his versatility uh, over Jamal Williams. Number three, Rico Suave Dowdle. Now he has looked better than Tony Pollard. Uh, there's no doubt. He's also coming in later in games often. I know he was in somewhat early last week, but for the most part, it's later in games against worn down defenses. He's looked good. Tony Pollard is not losing his job, but if he does in fact go down, uh, Rico Dowdle will then likely uh, not produce, ironically, like Pollard, but he is the handcuff. Uh, it is not Deuce Vaughn. Uh, no question about that. Number two, Zach Charbonnet. Man, you know, talk about needle-moving potential. You know, just a Ken Walker injury away from, I think he could be an elite RB1. Maybe that's a little strong. Let's call it a mid-range RB1 at worst. I mean, like RB7, 
something like that when you add it all up because you'd have to give him like 18 carries and like three catches every single week. He's a threat to rip off long runs. Uh, good goal line guy. Not that we've seen a lot of that, but, you know, downhill guy. He's looked good. I, I really like Zach Charbonnet. And then, of course, last but not least, Tajay Spears of the Tennessee Titans. We could be transitioning to Spears in December at some point if the losses continue to pile up. Although, ironically, I actually listed uh, Derrick Henry as a player to trade for, but that was uh, also on the assumption that you could also get Spears. So uh, I, I am willing to bail on Henry um, in general, but well, actually I am willing to go in on Spears on the chances that Henry is dust or is phased out late. But I also do like a couple of matchups upcoming for Derrick Henry, actually not this week necessarily, although the Jaguars are really struggling. So he could get some volume, but it was those next two games I thought were really good. So ironically, while I'm kind of pumping up uh, Tajay Spears, I I think it's a decent piece of advice right now for those looking for a late push, at least for the next few weeks. Uh, to look at Derrick Henry because at Jacksonville this week, yeah. But then weeks 12 and 13, we are against Carolina and Indy, and they are getting run all over lately, so not too shabby there. So, yeah, still, Tajay Spears is a great stash and hope running back handcuff here. John Hansen here rolling on another edition of Hansen's Hints. Let me now go through the week 11 schedule and offer up some generic hints or whatever, you know, kind of comes to mind. I will say it, it is still early in the week. I, I think I mention this every week now, but I can't really truly focus in on all the matchups until I get that Friday damn injury report. It just seems like we're Wednesday used to be a day where you're like, Oh wow. You were alerted of injuries. Now it's just like, Oh look, he's popped up on the injury report. Okay. Uh, not not panicking here, and and normally it's we're, we're right to not panic. So the Wednesday injury pop up or appearance, it's a lot less impactful for me as it used to be. So it, it all comes down to later in the week because it's been a tough year and to handicap. So I'm looking for any edge I can. For example, Marlon Humphrey. Um, now, if you're hearing this after the Thursday night game. We'll see uh, how Joey B does and Trenton Irwin, who I like for the over 35.5. Well, actually, it was a 32.5 yard prop there on FanDuel. Um, I like that without, because one, for one reason, uh, Marlon Humphrey is out. Let's take a look at Dallas at Carolina. I will say, I don't want to get people excited. I mean, I I get excited about situations and we're wrong all the time, but we're also right a lot too. Uh, Tony Pollard this week against the Carolina Panthers. They are not stopping the run right now, so this could be the week. I was worried about volume for Dak last week, and I feel like they were like, oh, man, look at this. We're actually able to move the ball, and like most teams in the NFL, let's just keep on throwing, baby. Uh, And they did. So you love that. Now, the Panthers are tougher on the back end, and they're likely to get J.C. Horn back. So I, I don't know if it's a great, great matchup. They're actually only giving up four yards of carry, but their running backs are getting a boatload of touches uh, against them. Their running backs are getting like 35 opportunities a game uh, in full. 
that's all running backs for a team in the running and passing attack. 27 carries a game, almost seven targets a game, over five grabs a game. So I think we might actually get something there with Tony Pollard this week. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Dak had a so-so game, but obviously we're not bailing from Dak and, and CD lamb. And then what's confusing is Bryce young is good against man and Cowboys play a lot of man, but man, the pressure is just a little bit too much for me. So uh, I think I'm maybe we'll do the old six catches for Adam Thielen for like 36 yards. Uh, but that's about it. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. And of course, DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie raw quarterback starting over PJ Walker. I will say he's more of a playmaker uh, than PJ Walker. And he was thrust into the fire last time out, but it's a downgrade for Amari Cooper and everybody. Uh, maybe a, a might be a slight upgrade for the running game, though. Jerome Ford, low key, is pretty darn good. And then Kareem Hunt gets all those goal line carries. Uh, but the Steeler running back should be able to get a lot of volume here. I, I don't necessarily like Ken Pickett uh, in the passing game. It's just, what are they going to do? Throw for 140 yards? That'll be fine. Uh, so I, I can't say I love the Steeler guys. Bears-Lions, Justin Fields should be back. Uh, last time he checked, dude was dropping bombs in terms of fantasy output. Uh this is a tougher matchup, but obviously we're using fields. Feeling a little bit better about DJ Moore. Uh, we'll see about the backfield, though. That could be a real quagmire with Deontay Foreman on the injury report. Lions, uh, hey, keep using everyone. The Bears are pretty stingy, but, you know, what are we going to do? Sit one of these running backs? Amon Ra's the man. Laporta, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, Chargers, Packers. I mean, Jordan Love made some nice throws last week. So, I mean, it's not hopeless. Chargers have been better against the run, so you might have to sling it around a little bit. I hate to say it because last week I was pumping up Christian Watson. Uh, he had a ton of opportunities. Jaden Reed ended up making the big play I was envisioning, but he does have – actually, ironically, this week, Jaden Reed has the worst matchup against Taylor, the slot corner. Um, Watson and Dobbs have the best – uh, Watson often against Michael Davis, who's really struggled. So hate to say it, uh, but we could see some fireworks there. And Jordan Love should have to throw it a decent amount. Cards, Texans keep using Trey McBride. Incredible production, incredible role. He's like the first read receiver uh, in this offense lately. Um, not the best matchup for Hollywood Brown, too. And it's a good matchup for McBride. I would imagine we'll get a lot of James Conner and a, and a hard-fought game where both teams are pretty persistent with the run like the Texans were last week with Devin Singletary. I still can't believe that on Friday and last week going into week 10, I was we were all over that, uh, kind of knew that Pierce was out. I'm like, hey, pick him up if you need him, and he crapped the bed only to go off the next week just after he lost all of our trust. But, yeah, Kyler Murray looked really good, shot out of a cannon, played well. The Titans-Jags, I have uh, pretty much waved the white flag on Trevor Lawrence. The Zay Jones stuff was kind of the final nail for me. Uh, they need Zay Jones, basically. Maybe it's Zay Jones plays X 
which puts Calvin Ridley at Z, and that's a better spot for him there off the ball. I don't know. But, you know, maybe that factors into the usage of Ridley, who's been a little boomer bust downfield or nothing. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence has just not played well, playing too fast. You know, you take away that first read, it's he's kind of lost, so it's bad. Uh, good news for Christian Kirk, though. He's the only thing you can count on. Titans again, you know, the Jacks have been tough against the run. Uh, I don't trust Will Levis. He's he's getting worse as we move along. And although Tyson Campbell may not play for the Jags, and that that would help. I mean, he has been a very good corner, a little bit of shutdown corner. Uh, so that would be potentially good news. But man, and that would be great news for DeAndre Hopkins, I, I must say. So if if Campbell is out, I do I have to say I'd like Hopkins. Uh, but I generally do not trust Will Levis at all. Raiders, Dolphins, got to give credit to the Raiders. D, they're actually not a sieve. Antonio Pierce uh, coaching them up, energizing the team. You know, Miami's defense, you know, that's going to be tough. Uh, offense, that's going to be tough here with a pass rush uh, for Tua. I mean, certainly beatable overall, but, yeah, I'm not sure we get a big day here. This is like a middling game potentially for Tua Tungavelloa. And look, I don't think the Raiders are going to make a lot of noise. Bad matchup for Devante Devante Adams. Really bad because we've got two shutdown corners now in Miami. Jalen and, of course, Xavier. So Ramsey and Howard is pretty nasty. So that's bad news for Devante Adams this week. Giants commanders. Giants do play a lot of man. Uh, Terry McLaurin, if you saw our ranking this week, we have him way up there. So I, I do like Howell to keep it up here. Giants play more man than anybody else. Uh, and that is good news for Jahan Dotson. It's good news all, all across the board, actually. Even though we have Howell just at 14, good matchups across the board. For Dotson against the rookie Banks often. McLaurin against Adoree Jackson. And Curtis Samuel against slot corner Cordell Flott. And when it comes to starting my receivers against this guy, I love Flott because he has given up 0.36 fantasy points per route run. Um, that's one of the – that is bottom 10 in the NFL. There are few matchups better. In fact, here they are. Debo against Carlton Davis. It's the same, actually. Um, Amari Cooper against Levi Wallace this week, of course, the quarterback. And then, ooh, Quentin Johnston this week against Corey Ballantyne. And it's not lost on me that they do have two DBs there, one named Ballantyne and one named Valentine. Uh but moving back to week 11, yeah, so looking good for Sammy Howell. I do think Barkley will get the ball, but I still – I thought Wandell maybe could could have a pulse with Tommy DeVito, but nope, they spread that ball around, so I would not use anyone. Although I will say digging deep for a tight end reach, uh, Danny Bellinger. Good matchup there by the numbers, and he has been involved there for the Giants. Bucks, Niners. We have Rashad White very high. I mean, I don't know what else we do. I, I know the Niners are better on defense now, though. I'm sure they'll be good. 
I think we have white with like to like 16 carry. I mean, it just comes in high uh, because we're, we're, I'm assuming he's going to get, they're going to be playing from behind and he's going to get catches. I mean, don't want to overrank the guy. Uh, let's see what I'm giving him. I, I bet you I'm giving him well under four yards of carry. Uh, 14 carries for 48. Uh, yeah, 3.4 yards of carry is what I'm giving Rashad White. Yet the dude is still RB4. Uh, that is because PPR, baby. They are giving up four catches a game to running backs. That's not a ton, but last time out in this matchup, he had five grabs, 21. I think that was last year. May have been earlier this year. Oh, no, that was definitely last year, duh. Um, he did play them last year, and he had five catches. So I think we'll see something similar uh, this week. And by the way, interesting note on Godwin. Shout out to our guy, Chris Weck, because, man, he was saying all summer that Godwin would likely, A, be outside a lot more, and B, not get those designed targets and looks from Tommy Brady. And that's been kind of the difference here this year with uh, Chris Godwin. The Jets at the Bills. The Bills are bouncing back. Problem is, it's a bad matchup for Gabe Davis. Don't no 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 this week on Gabe Davis. Anybody but uh, Dalton Kincaid will have to be a go-to guy. I do believe Stephon Diggs will have a tougher matchup, and James Cook I think will be a difference maker. Seattle at L.A. The one angle I have here that might surprise people is I kind of like Tyler Higby this week. Seattle has given up all kinds of production to tight ends. Their three corners are really good now. Uh, they're going to pose problems, I do believe. So I could see Higby being an outlet option there for Stafford. Uh, I still don't totally trust Geno Smith. And also uh, Ken Walker, look, he's still their guy, their early down guy. He was banged up last week, but you know they're still making him the primary back on early downs. But Ken, uh, Charbonnet is coming on on passing downs. Uh, Minnesota at Denver, it's not the best matchup here. Denver Broncos playing a lot better. I kind of feel like, honestly, Josh Dobbs will figure it out. I don't think he needs to do too too much as a passer uh, in this one. You worry a little bit about Sertan. Let's take a look here at the wide receiver cornerback matchups uh, in this game here for those Vikings. And we'll see about Justin Jefferson, who would, in fact, see Sertan. Uh, if he went. Uh, otherwise, I would imagine that will be a lot of Sertan on Addison. One good news from them is K.J. Osborne uh, back at practice, so it looks like he will play. But I guess there's a chance with Justin Jefferson doing some work heading into week 11, ramping it up, that he plays because they have a bye in two weeks. So it's one of those deals where, I mean, do they hold him out through the bye? Uh there were winnable games, Denver and Chicago. Teams don't normally think that way, though, like we do. Like, ah, it's a winnable game. Teams don't normally think that way. So maybe he will be turned uh, this week or Chicago. I would imagine if he doesn't return in week 11, it'll be week 12, right before the bye. So they're not going to worry too much and you know hold him out another week just because they have a bye. Uh, but we don't. We we are looking like we have a chance to play this week, though. So we shall see about that. That would be uh, pretty incredible. Uh, otherwise, it is a tougher matchup, and we'll see about, of course, Alexander Madison. This could be a game where they lean on Ty Chandler, who got some carries last week. Obviously, what was it, like fourteen, fifteen? Uh, 
he had a, I think he had a run called back that looked good. You know, he did look pretty explosive. And Denver has been sketchy against the run. Viking D is is nasty right now. They, not only have they been good against the run for the most part all year, now they're good against the pass. So I, this is not the best matchup uh, overall for uh, Russ Wilson. Uh, although may, maybe because they do play a lot of man, it could work out. Uh, but overall, they'll he'll face some pressure. I, I will say, uh, Jerry Judy against man is, is always a good thing. So, and he is due. But overall, I don't know about Javante uh, in this one, man. Minnesota Vikings are really stingy. They get a lot of penetration. Don't give up a lot of yards before contact. Uh, so, but you do love the role. You love the role where Javante Williams is right now. And then, last but not least, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. This could be a breakout game for Rishi Rice in the slot because they've got Bradley Roby there now. They're terrible. Uh, this is a good spot for Mahomes to put up serious digits and maybe in KC and maybe Jalen Hurts has to keep pace and throw it a ton, uh, which would bode well because it's a tougher matchup there for the Philly Birds. That is a wrap here for the Week 11 edition of Hanson's Hints. Did a nice 33 minutes. Make sure you listen to all the other podcasts here. Like and subscribe on the videos, if you will, and uh, give us a good review. That would help. So good luck in week 11. I'll wrap it up now. John Hansen here, another edition of Hansen's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.